Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Laura Rockos, and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. Today's episode of Eat Right with Laura is going to be about body composition and metabolism. I know that lots of my patients complain about having a slow metabolism, but I'm not really sure that they know exactly what that means. And metabolism is something that I measure and is very important to the health of all of my patients. So if you go onto the Eagle Rock website, EGGLROCK.com, you can actually book an appointment where I can quantify very accurately your metabolism. I just need you all to remember that when your metabolism goes up, that means you're getting healthier. When your metabolism goes down, that means that your health is decreasing. So what are the things that cause that to happen and how can you prevent that from happening? Well, when you come into Eagle Rock Nutrition, we do something called a body composition analysis for you using a technology called bioelectrical impedance. So how does this work? So you attach two electrodes to the foot and the finger and a small imperceptible pulse travels through the body. Electricity travels through water, but not through fat. So the electric pulse, which is imperceptible, is impeded by fat. Thus the terminology bioelectrical impedance analysis. So using mathematical algorithms based on your age, your weight, your height, and your gender, and some other things that we measure, the device can very accurately quantify pounds of lean mass. So what is that lean mass? So lean is good when you go to the supermarket and you're buying meat, you want to buy lean meat. So it's not so fatty. That leanness uh, indicates that there's less fat. So we can quantify pounds of lean mass, fat mass, muscle mass, all right, and it's the muscle that drives the metabolism. We can quantify your body water, the pounds of water in your body. We can even see where that water is. I want to make sure that the water is inside the cell, not outside the cell, all right, so I'll talk about that more in a moment. I can also quantify the weight of your skeleton. So that is basically the pounds of bone mineral. Your bones are made up of calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, um, uh, fluoride, uh, so things like that. So we basically uh, weigh, uh, uh, we quantify the weight of your skeleton, all right, um, and also, we give a very accurate calculation for your body mass index. So what is body mass index, BMI? That tells me whether you're at a healthy weight or not. However, I do want to say this, that the BMI is not really accurate for everyone. It's, it's only applicable in uh, your average set of circumstances. So it's not applicable if you're very athletic, if you're very muscular, because if you're very muscular, muscle weighs three times more than fat. So you may seem like you weigh a lot 
when in fact you're at a healthy weight. So BMI is not applicable for elite athletes or very muscular people, not applicable for growing children. Of course, they're growing, so you really can't be tracking uh, their um, uh, the, the, the quality of their weight in that manner. Also not applicable in elderly people who do, do tend to be less lean um, just because of the aging process. All right, so we can quantify the BMI, uh, but most importantly, we can use all this body composition data to calculate your basal metabolic rate. So what is that BMR, basal metabolic rate? That is the number of calories that you would need to consume every day just to keep yourself alive. That's the number of calories that you burn when you are completely at rest. All right, so if you drop up below that number of calories, then you're basically killing yourself. And I don't really like to sound so extreme, so I don't really like to talk in extremes, but you're basically not supplying the amount of energy that all of the cells in your body need to thrive. All right, and the other number that the body composition device measures is your daily energy expenditure, so DEE. So what is that? That is also a very important number. It's the number of calories that you would need to consume every day to maintain your current weight. So if you need if you want to gain weight, you need to be above your daily energy expenditure. And I just want to let you know that it's a lot harder to gain weight than it is to lose weight. I speak from experience. But if you do want to lose weight in a healthy manner, you want to be between your basal metabolic rate and your daily energy expenditure. And I would say that for most women, uh, the basal metabolic rate is somewhere between 1,500 and 1,600 calories. And for most men, the daily the uh, basal metabolic rate, the BMR, is somewhere between 1,800 and 2,200 calories. All right, so when I have patients that come into my office and tell them that their previous dietitian or their previous doctor told them they should be only eating something like 1,200 calories or 1,500 calories, I tell them that their doctor is just plain wrong. Their doctor is killing them, all right? If you want to lose weight in a healthy manner, you, be, you need to be, be above that basal metabolic rate. So how do you make sure that your metabolism doesn't decline? You need to follow a meal plan that promotes lean mass. So how do you do that? How do you build lean mass? Well, it's through a dietary strategy where you're managing sugar and insulin levels. Whenever you eat a meal, your blood sugar rises. It, no matter really no matter what it is just about all right unless you're just eating like you know uh foods that have a glycemic index of zero which are only like meat and pure fat all right most foods cause your blood sugar to rise this is followed by the secretion of insulin from your pancreas and insulin is a hormone that tells your body to take the sugar out of the blood and bring it to your muscles so that you're strong, so that you can exercise, and to your brain so that you can think. So that uh, 
that brain fog that you have at like three o'clock in the afternoon that is basically the blood sugar in your brain declining that's about the time that you go hit the candy jar to wake yourself up all right so really you don't if you're healthy you don't really need to hit the candy jar all right you just wait a little while and your body will st start to produce glucose on its own your body will uh, stores glucose in the liver so you could wait for your liver to start start secreting glucose from something called its glycogen stores. So glycogen is the storage form of sugar. Your liver secretes glucose from the glycogen when the blood sugar drops, all right? Or if the stores in your liver are also already depleted, uh, your body will make glucose on its own from scratch. Uh, I'm not really going to get into that too much because it's a little bit too more sciencey than what I, what I want to describe in this podcast. All right, so um, how, so that's what insulin does. So insulin takes the sugar out of the blood, uh, which is good, but it's also a hormone that tells your body to store fat. All right, it inhibits something called lipolysis, which is the breakdown of fat, and encourages lipogenesis which is the storage of fat. So insulin is all about fat storage. And why would your body make a hormone that does this? Well, basically, it's so that you can survive a famine. Uh, humans are really not designed for food abundance. We have only had food, an ample supply of food since, say, like 1940, right? Prior to that, we've only had famine. So our bodies are designed, uniquely designed, so that we can survive uh, these uh, droughts of food. So, uh, you know, uh, nature knew, knew exactly what she was doing when she created all these mechanisms to keep us alive, right? So if you want to lose weight, what you want to do is make sure that your body is not producing insulin. So how would you do that? You'd be following a low glycemic index diet. So you would come to Eagle Rock Nutrition and I would craft a low glycemic index meal plan for you. So what is that? All right, so that is a focus on clean protein. So a low fat, uh, minimally processed proteins. So it could be plant proteins or animal proteins. And I really don't want to offend people who um, are vegetarian or vegans, but you are an animal. And when you consume proteins that are more like you, they are more readily absorbed. Uh, that said, I definitely need all of my listeners to eat right with Laura to eat more plants. That's really my soapbox. I want you to eat more fruits and vegetables. But what kinds of proteins should you be eating? Just remember that if you're eating animals, whatever the animals are eating, you're eating that too. So if the animals are eating hormones and antibiotics, you're getting that in your diet as well. If the animals are eating genetically modified grains and corn, you're eating that too. So you want grass-fed. You want free-range and grass-fed animals. Uh, just know that pigs and cows don't really have such a great diet they get the refuse from many of the food companies and the animals not only eat say uh, skittles and m&ms they're eating the packaging as well all right so just keep that in mind when you're selecting foods uh, i definitely want you to eat fish which is a healthy protein 
Uh, fish are very high in omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, we have another pat podcast about omega-3s and their anti-inflammatory properties. Uh, there's uh, some dairy foods, cheeses, and all I really want to say about the cheeses is that when you consume uh, aged cheeses, uh, aged cheeses are very high in bacteria, and the bacteria can be good for you. Uh, some of you might have some allergies to some of the moldier cheeses, but like aged cheeses like Parmesan cheese, all those bugs in the Parmesan cheese are very, very good for you. They support digestion and do lots of other good things for you. Um, I guess there is one more thing I did want to say about cheese. Soft cheese, not hard cheese. The harder the cheese, the more saturated it is, has higher saturated fat. And we know that saturated fat contributes to atherosclerosis and we don't want to be perpetuating that. Right, so focus on the soft cheese, not the hard cheese. Parmesan cheese is an exception because of the uh, bacteria. All right, and then of course, my favorite plant protein, which is soybeans. Uh, uh, there's a lot of controversy surrounding soy. I think it's a very misunderstood plant. Uh, soybeans are very healthy for you. They're very healthy for the environment. They have the same um, composition of amino acids that animal proteins have. Proteins are made up of amino acids, and soybeans are a complete protein. They have n all nine essential amino acids, just like animal protein. All right, and uh, but soybeans are a plant, so they also have some phytochemicals or phytonutrients that are very good for you. Soybeans are proven to be exceptionally heart healthy. All right, and despite the fact that they have a reputation for promoting the growth of cancer, that is a totally misunderstood observation. Um, however, I do want to say this, um, that soybeans are one of the four common genetically modified crops in the United States. So really the only reason you should be concerned about soybeans is because they're genetically modified. So certainly look for soy, soy products, soy foods that are non-GMO. And again, that will be a topic for another podcast. Right. So uh, and so how can you get soy into your diet through tofu, which is curdled soy milk and tempeh, which is fermented soybeans and soybean burgers. Edamame is a baby soybean, which is easy to digest. All right. So proteins have a glycemic index of zero, so they're not going to raise your blood sugar. The next category are beans. So soybeans are a legume, but I put them in the protein category. Other beans that I really want you to start eating to get more protein and fiber to have a healthy digest track are black beans, kidney beans, hummus that is made from um, chickpeas, so more chickpeas, lentils, peas, string beans, all those things, so good for you. Uh, beans are high in protein, high in fiber. Yes, they have carbohydrates, but the fiber is going to delay the absorption of the carbohydrates. So whenever you eat something that's a high in carbohydrates, like a grain, like pasta, make sure that you're eating a vegetable with that. Eat the vegetable first, so that will delay the absorption of the blood sugar from the carbs. All right, so legumes is the next category. The next category after that is non-dairy and dairy. So for my vegetarians, almond milk, coconut milk, hemp milk, um, which I'm all over lately, rice milk, uh, um, 
oat milk. Oat milk probably tastes the best out of all of them. Um, if you are going to do dairy, uh, low fat or non fat, uh, make sure it comes from organic uh, grass fed cows. Make sure that it's not adulterated. And of course, yogurt, high in protein again, to uh, make sure that you're getting the good probiotics in the yogurt for healthy digestion and many, many other healthy uh, things that come from eating probiotic containing foods. So, uh, Dairy uh, does have carbohydrate. It has uh, something called lactose in it. So lactose is the uh, a unique carbohydrate found in dairy products. Uh, some people are not able to digest lactose, and if you're lactose intolerant, then you're going to have to avoid dairy. Uh, so we're going to forego the ice cream. Uh, don't worry about not eating ice cream. It's probably not made with milk today anyway. Most ice cream is nothing more than sugar with some white other, some other white things in it. A lot of these uh, parlors that make ice cream actually make their ice cream from a powder. So if you ask, to, ask them what the, milk, the ice cream is made out of, you'll know that you're not really getting a dairy products. So just focus on the yogurt and some of those non-fat milks. All right. Uh, the next category after that are nuts and seeds. So I guess my vegetarians are all over consumption of nuts and seeds. Uh, cashews have the highest number of carbs. So if you don't want to raise your blood sugar that much, you need to stay away from carbs. So cashews really great if you're trying to gain weight. Not so great if you're trying to lose weight. The healthiest nuts are walnuts. So just remember that walnuts are good. I also like almonds. All right. So I'll. Uh, love the nuts and seeds. So what kind of seeds do I advocate? Uh, pumpkin seeds, which taste great in salads and they're ro and roasted. Uh, love chia seeds and flax seeds. So what do I do with chia seeds? We make overnight oats where you soak the oatmeal with almond milk and chia seeds. The chia seeds expand and gelatinize. It makes like a nice pudding consistency. And then in the morning, you could add fresh fruit to that. Uh, flax seed, love putting flax seeds in my um, green green juices. So having flax seeds and, and chia seeds, great way to get more protein and fiber into your diet. All right, the next category after that are my vegetables. Two kinds of vegetables, starchy vegetables, non-starchy vegetables. I want you to eat all the non-starchy vegetables you possibly can. They have a very low glycemic index. So, and the fiber in those non-starchy vegetables is going to delay the absorption of that sugar to begin with. So that's another way to uh, keep the insulin from going high, high. All right, now the starchy vegetables, be a little bit careful, probably about one to two servings of starchy vegetables a day. That's your potatoes and preferably sweet potatoes, not white potatoes. That's your carrots, that's your beets. Beets are superfood, so don't be afraid to eat them. They'll taste a little bit better, a little less earthy if you bake them in the oven. All right, so one to two servings of starchy vegetables a day. Oh, butternut squash is in that category, which I love, love, love. All right, a serving is about a half of a cup. All right, so manage that. Now we come to your grains. All right, so if I want you to gain weight, I want the insulin to go up, I'll give you more servings of grains per day than if I want you to lose weight. If you're trying to lose weight, you really need to back off on the grains. And that is the key to weight loss. My patients that are that do not overconsume grains like pasta and rice 
do much better than everyone else. So what are the grains that I'm going to allow you to have? I'm going to let you have brown brown rice instead of wild instead of white rice, a little wild rice. You can have some quinoa, uh, which is a grass seed that has a very high protein content. Uh, we'll give you some oats in the overnight oats. Um, uh, definitely focus on some the gluten-free grains like uh, millet and amaranth. All right, buckwheat, so things like that. But really, we're going to pull way, way back on serving size, maybe one to two servings of grains a day. That is going to make sure that the blood sugar doesn't go up. When the blood sugar doesn't go up, the insulin doesn't go up. And when the insulin doesn't go up, you did not store fat. All right, so what's the next category after grains? Now comes healthy fat. And the beauty about healthy fat is that fat has a glycemic index of zero. All right, fat is your storage form of energy. All right, so when you are at rest, you are burning fat. You really don't burn carbs until you start moving. So when you're completely at rest, you're relying on energy from fat. When you're moving around, you're relying on half fat, half carbs. Your body does not use protein at all to make energy. All right. And then when you're exercising rigor rigorously, like really running fast, cycling fast, uh, lifting super heavy rate weights, uh, your body uses almost entirely carbohydrates. So you do want to have those glycogen stores in your liver locked and loaded if you're going to be that kind of an athlete. All right. So your body does not use protein for energy. Your body uses protein to make muscle. And muscle is what drives the metabolism. All right, so if you want to build muscle, you have to eat protein. This is a huge problem for my elderly patient population. So protein is a really important nutrient for older people so that they can build muscle. The muscle is what makes you metabolically fit. All right, how do you build muscle through exercise? You need to do weight-bearing exercise. So walking, even running and lots and lots of spinning isn't really going to help to build muscle. That's going to be good for your heart and digestion, but it's really not going to alter your body composition very much. All right, but weightlifting and like my, my favorite weight-bearing exercises are planks and push-ups and burpees. I can't do it. I love burpees, uh, mountain climbers, squats, lunges, and also throw in while I'm doing those things. Uh, I'm not averse to doing jumping jacks and jump rope in between sets of those things. And lately, I'm all about trying to do some pull-ups. I can't get my chin over the bar just yet, but I know I will. So I'm working on it. So I definitely want you to do weight-bearing exercise. And even if you're, if you're not that mobile, you could sit down. You could sit and lift weights. I told you that my Aunt Anna, she's like 90 years old. Her muscles are like three times the size of mine, and I'm pretty fit. So that's pretty Im impressive. So your basal metabolic rate is all about your, uh, build, your ability to increase your muscle, which makes you more metabolically active. So I kind of want to come back to that other thing that I measured with my bioelectrical impedance device, your body water. So, wa so electricity travels through water, but not through fat, all right? So what drives the ratio between 
intracellular water and extracellular water. We always want more water inside the cell than outside the cell. So what is driving that ratio? Well, what drives that ratio is the ratio of fat to muscle. Muscle is hydrophobic. It hates water, so it repels water. All right, but muscles are made out of protein and protein is hydrophilic and retains water. So the more muscular you are, the higher that intracellular water will be. So when you come to Eagle Rock Nutrition, I can track your metabolism, all right, using bioelectrical impedance. And this is a much better indicator of whether you're getting healthier or not than that number on the scale. Because uh, sometimes that number on the scale doesn't change and you may get frustrated. But if you look to see if your body is changing on the inside, that's a much better indicator uh, of your health. So if you, um, you know, if, if that number on the scale is not changing, and then I do do the body comp, if I do a body composition analysis on you, and your metabolism is decreasing, then I know that you're not following my instructions. So I did have a patient last night whose metabolism, he lost eight pounds, but his metabolism plummeted. All right, so I know that this patient is super, super sedentary. He confessed to me. He sits all day long. He works a 12-hour day, sits the entire time. So I told him, this is not going to work. You have to get up. You have to start moving around. So he wears a Fitbit now, so he makes sure that he's not sitting because sitting is the new smoking. So sit sitting really damages your metabolism. And he, he's a little bit injured at the moment, but as soon as he's recovered, he's going to start doing some weight-bearing exercise for me. So um, I'm going to kind of summarize our little tutorial on basal metabolic rate. So the BMR is the number of calories that you burn when you're completely at rest. Your goal in life is to burn more calories at rest when you're watching the mo a movie or sitting around doing nothing than you are compared to someone else who's sedentary. And the only way to raise that basal metabolic rate is to become more muscular, and to do that, you need to do weight-bearing exercise. Uh, you may be thinking, what can I do if I'm, um, if I'm physically handicapped in some way? Well, just following a low glycemic index meal plan where you're eating more fruits and vegetables and fewer grains, just by following a meal plan that's more uh, plant-based, that will at least increase lean mass it will decrease fat mass because you're not stimulating insulin and you can become more metabolically fit just by not storing fat. So I hope you all learned something new today. Uh, if you're interested in having a body composition analysis, certainly go to the website eaglerock.com, E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com, and book an appointment. But in the meantime, uh, you could share your email address with us to get on our distribution list. We have a newsletter that comes out on Mondays, so give us your email address. You could also follow us on Facebook, like the Facebook posts, uh, Eagle Rock uh, Nutrition. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Eagle Rock, uh, and maybe you might want to um, find me on Instagram. We have some really fun Instagram posts, and that's Eagle Rock underscore store score at nutrition. Uh, so thanks everybody for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show today, and we'll talk to you next time.